we can come to church and we can leave here and say, man, I really enjoy that. But it was a fleshly enjoyment if we were out of the will of God. And uh, when we think about the Lord and what he does for us, uh, and uh, every book is a special book that we can learn from, but uh, Ephesians chapter 4, you know, admonishes us to forbear one another. And if you read that chapter and that verse, what it is that uh, when I have a bad day, my wife forbear me. She tolerated me. She put up with me. That's why that if she was living Friday, you know, we would have been married 56 years. And to live with anybody 56 years, there's going to be some days that... Uh, you wish were better, you know. And and I've listened to these these people that said, you know, I've been married twenty years, thirty years. We've never had a uh, disagreement. I feel sorry for you if that's true, because it's a lot of fun making up, you know. And uh, but it's not real. You may not have had a knockdown and drag out, but you had some difference. Two people can't live together 25, 50 years and not have any disagreements, you know. So, uh, But we as a church, we need to forbear one another. Simply means put up with me when I'm not quite myself. Put up with you when you may have a lot of burdens on your life. But, you know, I'm, I'm one who believes that because I feel bad, that's no excuse to be rude. You may differ with me on that, and that's, that's fine. But uh, uh, to be in right fellowship, we are to love one another, care for one another, and forgive one another. I've had church members tell me about a situation, you know, I forgave him, but I can't forget it, and every time I see him, it brings it back. The problem with that gentleman, even though he calls himself a brother, he's really having forgiven that person. You know, I don't mean that we never think about it anymore, you know, but we can't let that control us. But what do we do about people we just don't like? You have anybody you don't like? I don't have enough room on this paper to write down to people that I'm good to them, but if I don't see them tomorrow, I'm happy. They're happy, I'm happy. I don't think you've got to move in with somebody and, and tell them everything about your life before they can be your friend. But if that person is in a need and you have the ability to provide some help, it's your responsibility to do that. That's Bible. So uh, forbearing allows for personality difference and weakness. And some of us are naturally drawn toward that 
bubbling, outgoing, miscongeniality type person. I'm not. You know, there was many a day my wife would ask me, do you feel bad? What's wrong with you? You know, I'm not the type of person that is bubbly all the time, you know, and just, uh, you know, I try to think that I'm myself in being fair and good to a person and, and helping them, but, you know, I don't have a bubbly life seven days a week. That's not my countenance. But others do, and that's fine. Others have been so mistreated and burned by this type of person that when they see people with that personality, they naturally do not trust them. That's not fair, but that's human. Now, you can read that second paragraph, and that's just getting, you know, uh, telling you about the, what we are to forbear with one another. And I think without saying, I are to forbear with a fellow brother or sister in the Lord than I would a more than I would a lost person. We got something in common. If we're saved, everybody in this room, if you're saved, we all got the same Savior. We were all saved the same way. We heard the word of God. God granted repentance and faith, and he caused us to accept it. You didn't have nothing to do with it. It wasn't because you were good and that person's bad. God saved you because he wanted to. You had nothing to do with it. If you read the first and second chapter of Ephesians, as we have many times, that God chose me before he created the universe. So, you know, if there was no other verse, with that verse you know that I didn't have and you didn't have anything to do with it except God already saved you, already wrote your name in the book of life, and you're going to hear the word one day, you're going to believe the word one day, and that word is going to change your life. No change life, no salvation, church. Now we look in the third paragraph of page one. We must understand there are people with whom we develop much closer relationships. You've heard people, and you may say it, and if you do, you know, that's you. But, you know, I love everybody. Bless your heart. I don't love everybody. I'm talking about now what kind of love. I don't love everybody with a gap of love. I love everybody because when God saved me, he changed my nature. But to love someone, it don't mean you necessarily agree with everything they do. See, now if you love somebody, then you're supposed to agree. Wrong is wrong, sin is sin, and as long as God gives me a sound mind, I'm going to be against sin. I don't care who's in it. If it's in me, in my family, in the church. <coughs> so, you know, so we must understand there are people with whom we develop much closer relationships and we will naturally be closer to them than anyone else in the church. I've hear, heard some of the men here pray. 
I just love this church. I love everybody in the church, and I love everybody equally. Boy, you're a special dude. You are such something special. Because you know why? Jesus didn't. Who was Jesus' favorite apostle? Why was he his favorite apostle? Because John loved him more. Now, we have to grow in grace and knowledge to understand what that means. On the other hand, we must understand that these close relationships do not eliminate the ingredients and make up fellowship in a scriptural sense. Y'all hear me talk about Brother Hunley? Brother Hunley was the first man that told me about Jesus Christ when I was in a hospital there in, in Central Baptist and asked, I asked my doctor, I asked my nurse, I asked the family, get that idiot out of this room. I mean, he was wiring me out. You know what he was doing? He's preaching the gospel. I was lost. I was supposed to get married that Friday. Now I'm stuck in the hospital in severe pain and got some old man over in the bed telling me I need a Savior. I didn't understand that. And when you was lost, you didn't understand that. You may think you did, and you may say, oh, I've always knew, knew I needed a Savior. Then why did it take you 40 years to get saved? No. You may have thought you did. See, it's different between hearing facts and knowing facts. There's difference between reading the Bible and understanding the Bible. Understanding comes from the Spirit of God. So, you know, on the other hand, we must understand that these close relationships do not eliminate the ingredients that make us fellowship in scriptural sense are with a japa. Remember that word. I use it a lot. A japa is, that's a God-given, that's the highest degree of love. Jesus loves me with a japa love. Why do I say that? He loves me with a fellow love, like I love my brother or my sister or some friend. But a Jeppa love is when you love that person so strongly, they haven't gave you nothing, they haven't bragged on you, they haven't put you up. They just love you. And Christ loved me before the foundation of the world. Tolerated me for 20-some years I was his enemy, but he never stopped loving me. But he'll break fellowship with you. If I get out in sin, I don't lose my salvation, but I lose my fellowship with him. I may go through a form of prayer. It hasn't went nowhere. Me and God has got to be in sync before my prayers are any good. That's why a preacher that is a God-given pastor, he wants to make sure to the best of his ability, he's in the will of God. Because I get at least three or four calls a week from people, will you pray for my wife? Will you pray for me? Will you pray? 
I don't know when those trials are going to come. Can you imagine a man asking you to pray, somebody asking you to pray, and you get before the judgment seat of God, and he's, God said, you remember when that fellow came to your door or called you on the phone, sent you a text, and you ignored it? Why would you ignore it? It was a cry out for a man to get on the phone, come to your house door, and ask you for prayer. You're too busy to pray for that person? Come on now. Gap of love. Strongest love in the world. God tells us, you know, on the other hand, we must understand that these close relationships do not eliminate the ingredients that makes up fellowship in the scriptural sense with agapa is caring, forgiving, or a part. For me to pray for somebody, I mean pray the way I pray for the church, when a person I don't know calls me and asks me if I would pray for him and his family, I pray for him. But I don't have all the knowledge I have for somebody I've been a pastor for 30 or 40 years. So we pray, but we can pray deeper or we can just do the basics, you know. The basic is, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this food. Then we take a big old bite of food that don't taste right. What did you do to that cabbage? Instead of thanking God for the cabbage. When it comes to praying for the salvation of my family, you know, like the trial that I got this week again, and I spent 25, 30 minutes. You know what I'm talking about, Brenda. You know, everything is all right, it's better. No, it's not all right, and it's not better until you want your wife and children in church. You think you can claim them like you to a tax credit? Father's saved, mom's saved, so they're going to, you know, if the world came to an end tonight, mom's children would all go. You're not filling out a tax form. Every person gets to heaven because of what they have done with Jesus Christ. We need to forbear. Jesus, God is love. Not only is he love, but he loves. But when I mess up, he's a good parent. God is a good parent. Doesn't always deal with me today I messed up, but he's going to deal with me. You know why? Because only holiness entered the doors. Only heaven. Heaven only re- receives those that has been made perfect in the Lord's Savior name. We're not talking about this body, you know. I wouldn't want this body in heaven. I mean, you know, 
but I'm going to get a new body. So I, I went to my doctor, you know, been having coughing spells at night, you know. He said, that's caused some old age. I said, oh, you're full of it, doc. It's not caused from old age. It's something that is causing that for it happen at night and not during the day. And I said, you know, if you don't know what it is, and you're not willing to search it out, then I won't take up your time and you won't take up mine. I'll go try another one. And that's all you do when you change doctors. You try another one. We expect because he's a doctor, he knows everything there is to know about you, but he doesn't. And people think that the preacher has an answer to every problem. He doesn't. He doesn't have the answer to every problem. But he studies the book that does. And for me to get the glory, for me to be able to help somebody, I'd rather first help myself. I'd rather take care of me. Don't hear nothing else. If I got children, if I had three, I've got to take care of me. The mother's got to take care of her. For me to be a good pastor, me and God has got to be on good terms. Are you following me? Amen. we got to be on good terms. I've got to know enough to know that he's going to guide me and direct me through this Bible. Amen. Not through some dude on television. God tells us that we need to, uh, uh, there it is. Uh, let's uh, look in the book of Galatians. Uh, let me see. We want to look in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. God said, And let us not be weary in well-doing. And notice, For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, faint, you know, you said, you know, if one of y'all was in a minute or so fainted, that means that what you needed to keep breathing left for a second, two seconds, however long it took. So we do what we can to get you back to normal. Here, God says, here in Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let's look at a simpler illustration. We talk to people. We're on Facebook Live. We're on Sermon Audio. 
I answer questions that people send me through email. And if you're not careful, you do that and you do that and you do that and you don't get the response that you want or you think you should get. You find yourself, well, maybe the Lord's finished with me. Maybe the Lord's so close that, you know, he just waiting for that one person. When that last of his elect comes, we're out of here. Amen. But see, a church is not faithful only because we're getting people saved. We're faithful when the preacher is preaching the word, the congregation is hearing the word and following the word, and we are worshiping God and realize that we can't save nobody, but we can be a witness. Every black church I've ever preached in, without exception, there will be somebody back in the fellowship during the pews saying, Lord, make me a witness. Make me a witness. Think about how true that is. When a lost person sees you, they ought to see a witness of Christ. So Galatians 6, 9 And also verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto our friends and special people. Oh, don't say that, does it? It says, as we have therefore opportunity. That is, when when God opens a door for us, let us walk in it. Walmart last week, a little short lady wanted something on the top, and she was just trying to, trying to reach it. So I went, went up to her, and I said, Ma'am, can I help you? And she said, Oh, you're so sweet, you know. So I reached up and got her, and she said, Thank you, thank you. Is there anything I can do for you? I said, You go to church anymore? She said, Why? Well, you know. I happen to pastor a church, and you live in Santana, and you know, so uh, you know. I don't think you ever answered my question. She was nice, but that was a perfect opportunity because she was thanking me, and so. God, see, look at verse 10. It said, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are at the household of faith. Especially if you're a member of Amron Road Baptist Church, especially those, especially their family. Forbearance. God didn't 
save us so that we could sit on a stool or do nothing hoping that he'll come back today. He saved us for purpose and on purpose. And you can witness without ever opening your mouth. Because believe me, all you got to do is to be able to witness this when somebody says, you know, what do you think about all this stuff going on in society? You know, they don't know whether they're male or female. How do you answer that? Well, I just stay out of it. I don't. God said he made them male and female. It was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Nothing we can, can do about, but God wants us to witness. And if we have opportunity to give somebody the biblical view, why don't we do it? Well, that's, that's just not me. That's what all the people that all these jobs, you know, you, you go to these restaurants, fast foods, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. Ain't nobody wants to work. Ain't nobody wants to study. Nobody wants to witness. And let me tell you, to let somebody know about the scripture is a lot better than having McDonald's open so you can get a Big Mac. We continually do well. We will reap in due season. We will reap in due season. Now, you know, I mean, that's just what we need to understand and think about. You know, God. Let's look in Second Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. God said here in verse ten. This is our motivation. To witness. This is our motivation to carry out our forbearance. Notice what he says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. You there? Good. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, let me clarify this. Who's he talking to? The judgment seat is for saved people. Great white throne judgment is for lost people. And God said, for we, who is this we? Anybody that is saved, that's who the we is. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may give, receive the things done in his body. Everyone. I'm not going to have to suffer for anything you did. You don't have to suffer anything I did. But I'm going to stand before God and my life is going to roll before me and I'm going to see it. Pretty little song. You know, no tears, no tears in heaven. You know, so I love that song. It's unscriptural. I like the song. But I like the day I started loving her again, too, you know. Both of them are scriptural. You understand? 
what I'm saying. He said, we, talking about saved people, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he have done, whether it be good or bad. Now, if you believe that scripture, not adding anything to it, not taking anything away from it, every one of us is going to stand before him and he's going to judge us. And why would you think that everybody's going to be in the bride? Same thing I get every time I ask that question. Before church, in church, and after church. I tell you, God is going to have a, a bride that is that doesn't have this falsely stuff, you know, I, well, I'm saved. I may not be a good Christian, but I'm heaven bound because I'm covered in the blood. If you're covered in the blood, you will be different than the world. Amen. And as a lady told me, she said, you probably make people mad. I said, I may do, but I don't intend to. But if making you mad will get you to see the gospel, I'll make you mad every day of the week. But that's not what you do when you preach hard or you preach truth because only a person going to get saved if they hear truth. But, but here, see, I'm talking about chapter 5 is on forbearance. We've got to forbear. You know, good illustration for that? I don't, I can't help if everybody else is not faithful. Does that give me an excuse not to be faithful? What is forbearance? It's keeping up, keeping on, keeping on. Just, you know, when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it. We're not talking about when somebody's sick. Somebody's sick, they don't need to be in church. They need to be home. They need to be having somebody taking care of them. But I mean, you know, I failed, uh, I, I didn't fall Monday, I was down on the concrete slab, you know, working on a blower, you know. Well, everything's fine until I started to get up, and my back wouldn't come up, you know, it's something like this. So I asked myself, if you were still working at IBM, would you go to work tonight? The answer is yes. Why wouldn't I want to come to church? That's more important than my job was. It was God that gave me the job. And if they take my job away from me, God gave me another job. I'm not talking about stupidness now. I'm just saying that we use the littlest excuse in the world from, from serving God. But if we wanted to go somewhere... It'll get better again. I feel better already. So as Galatians 6.10 talks about, so as we have opportunity, we should do good unto all men, but especially them of the household of faith. Galatians 6.10. Boy, that's a good verse. 
you know, and, and, and when you look at what Paul is saying here to that church, I finally woke up. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially them who are of the household of faith. We ought to be better to the brethren and sisters in this house than we do a salesman that knocks on our door. Or somebody we got to work beside that curse and tell filthy jokes all day. We've got to forbear. You know how the pastor feels? Sure you do. I feel like... Why should I come? Nobody else wants to come. Why should I study? Nobody else wants to study. And then after I get over the feeling sorry for myself, God saved you. I don't know about them. I hope they're safe. See, I can't excuse what I don't do because somebody else doesn't do it. I'm going to be faithful if nobody else is faithful. I mean, us husbands, you wives, could be unfaithful to your husband, you'd be unfaithful to your wife, and you'd be right in the click. Because you can't hardly find any husband that's faithful or any wife that's faithful. So you want to be unfaithful because everybody else is unfaithful? That's good preaching. In other words, we should do good to our fellow believers within our local church. Jesus, again, stands as our example. I mean, he's just our example. Let's look at John. Gospel John. Let's look at John 13. John, the 13th chapter, and verse 13. God said, Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, ye say, Well, for so I am. If then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also are to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. What's God saying? Well, verse 17 said, If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. You know, God is simply saying, Ye call me Master and Lord. Ye say, Well, for so I am. But if then your Lord and Master, if he done it, if he forsake all, if he willingly died, if he willingly suffered, 
I'm a bread person. Y'all, that isn't in the message, but I probably eat more bread than all of y'all together. I can't go through a day without eating. I mean, if I eat breakfast, I've got to have bread. At dinner, I've got to have bread. Supper, I've got to have bread. So I went over to the grocery store, you know, and, and they had stacks, you know, come in those stacks. I bet you couldn't find a loaf of soft bread in all of those stacks. What is wrong with y'all? The grocery stores don't have soft bread. When it gets stale, they all throw it away, right? Amen. So, God says, be patient, Tony. A lot of countries don't have no stale bread. See, and God dealt with me right there in that store surrounded by bread and not a soft one in the bunch. That was wrong. I'd have been thankful that they did have bread because I believe my diet is not a diet without bread, so, you know, so there was plenty of bread. And as I was driving home, y'all may not think I'm making this up. Little steel voice said, You like toast? That's dry bread. And I said to myself, Why do you always do that, God? But God tells us, You know, ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well. If he's done all these things for us, why shouldn't we be willing to do those, those things? You know, Philippians 2, 1 through 4, you know, deals with this very subject. You know, fellowship of the Spirit. You know, it's the same Greek word used in Acts two forty two in speaking of the fellowship of the local church. You know, so when you study... And you see these words in, in Corinthians, and you see them in Ephesians, and, and you say, well, that word means the same in Ephesians as it does in 1 Corinthians. Not necessarily. So that's why you have a, a good dictionary and a good concordance. That's all you need. Good dictionary, a good concordance, a King James Bible, and a willingness to turn off the ugly television and do some reading and studying. 30 minutes a day will change your life. God is, is wonderful. I mean, you know, it's just, we got to study, and, and, and when Paul said, he'll study to show thyself approved, That's why there's a confusion on whether it's grape juice or wine. That's why there's a great confusion on, on the word love. You know, there is a gap of love. That's the strongest love you can have. Then there is philo love. That's a brotherly love, you know. And, and I can love you. I can say, Henrietta, I love you. Gene, I love you. Brenda, I love you. Valerie, I love you. You know, 
look at the twins. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. But that's not a gap of love. Now, when I'm praying for their salvation, praying for their willingness, praying for that you be the type of person that you could be all for the Lord, then I get serious. But when I say, I love you, and when my wife is living, I say, I love you, believe me, that was two different kinds of love. The question is, is how does the Ambrose, what kind of love does the Ambrose Road Baptist Church have for the Lord Jesus Christ? What kind of love does this church have for one another? What kind of love does this church have for a pastor that has dedicated his life? For members that have been faithful year after year? Because we use that word so easily. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. And when we go through the prayer list here, you know, do we really pray for these names? The word forbear means to bear up with endurance. Notice again that Ephesians 4.2 said, forbearing one another in love. What does that mean? Well, if you look up the word, forbear means to bear up with endurance. I'm, I, I'm not going to say, Jane, I'm going to pray for you, and then I call her up and I say, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Well, no, that's ain't good. But even if she was good, you know, the doctor I have now, Dr. Marshall, said the problem with most patients, I'd give them medicine. They start feeling better in three days, and I gave them a 10-day supply, and they only take three days. And they come back, and they said that medicine didn't help. But what they didn't tell me is they didn't take the full prescription. Anybody in here guilty? I am. Got to take the full prescription. You can't read a verse that you know by heart every day and say, well, I did my Bible reading. Why, why is it so hard to read a love story? This is all this is, a love story. I mean, when somebody dies for you, they love you. I remember, this, uh, you know, it'll be a year the next week, you know, since my wife passed away. <laughs> and, and somebody, you know, that was eight something they shouldn't have ate or drank something they shouldn't drink and 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 he said, you know it's been a year. You ought to forget about that. Really? How long has our mom been dead? 
I took out a picture of her yesterday. You know, that little fat ball of jelly. I still see her life, you know, everything's shaking. It wasn't fat, it was love. Still miss her, still love her. And, and she will, according to the modern day parents, she was a rough mom. Now, my mom says she used different words than Henrietta. She said, you say it again, I'll knock you out. God says, if you keep doing that, I'm going to come. And he will. And she did. Love is living out what you say. Heavenly Father, we thank you.